This is Frontierland with Dr. Dean Allen. The visit of cruise ships to South African shores is an important part of our tourism industry, particularly here in Nelson Mandela Bay. I had the privilege recently of being the keynote speaker on board the magnificent Holland America vessel, the Zuiderdam, which called into Port Elizabeth and Cape Town as part of her grand world voyage. Listen here as I chat with passengers and staff on board the liner as we cruise up Africa's west coast. It makes for a wonderful insight into life on the ocean wave. Enjoy. Alex Rideout, who is the musician, bass guitarist and entertainer on board. Alex, what a pleasure to be on board a ship. We're now uh, traveling across um, West Africa. Yeah. And you're all the way, I believe, from Missouri. How yes. did you get here? So I got here, honestly, by luck and knowing people. One of my good friends, we went to high school together, also is on a contract on a different ship. And she, we performed together, all that stuff. And she uh, told me about this opportunity and sent me the audition page. And the next thing I know, I'm auditioning in New York. And then next thing I know, I'm getting a call saying to come to rehearsals. And then now I'm literally out across the seas in Africa. What an opportunity. Absolutely fantastic. I believe it's your first time on a cruise ship as well, isn't it? Yes. I'm gaining my sea legs. Um, I am not looking forward to our first Atlantic crossing, but we'll get there when we get there. Just give us a little bit background. I mean, you're a very talented musician. I believe this is the, the time you've really plunged to take the... Uh, to forgive the pun, you've taken the plunge by yep. actually going full-time in terms of being a musician, and you've done so on a cruise ship. How did that come about? So, I've always done uh, like music outside of work. I've always worked full-time and then overloaded myself with gigs on top of that. Um, but I finally had an opportunity where I could do it full-time, and it's been eye-opening, honestly. I'd never been in a situation where someone, for rehearsals, so I got a call on a Thursday asking if I could fly to New York that next Sunday so that rehearsals could start Monday. And then Sunday morning when I'm getting ready, I still played, I played at a church back home Sunday morning and then had a show that afternoon and then went to the airport. And I, in the middle of all that, got a set list of 230 songs that I needed to know by the end of the three weeks. So it's been definitely like a new experience for me, like, oh, I, and with that having rehearsals. So it's just like day by day learning the music for the next day type of thing. I'm sure people listening to this will think, oh, we just, you know, the people that work on the ship just lounge around. But I know you've got one heck of a schedule when it comes to rehearsing. You're getting to know new band members. You're getting to know new songs as well. Tell us about your average day, what you do. So my average day, I usually wake up and go eat breakfast, and I try and go to the gym and keep my exercise in. And then from there, I usually am learning music for whatever we have to do, because even with the 230 songs we are given, we now still have like requests from guests that we're also trying to add in there. So I'll take that time, and I'll usually spend like four hours or so just working on music. And then that'll get me to right around lunchtime or a little later and I'll eat lunch and then we have rehearsal at like 2 33 o'clock and we'll rehearse from like 3 to 6 p.m. before we have a show that night at 8 from like 8 15 to 11. So you're working most nights aren't you? I think you don't you work you perform six nights out of the seven don't you? Yes. And how's the audience been? I mean 
to put this politely, they're rather a mature crowd on this. Where yes. they're doing a world cruise, which is absolutely incredible. It's what how I want to spend my retirement. I don't know about you, um, but I've been in here and I've watched the the vibe they get from your band, and obviously it's up tempo stuff. It's it's disco, it's rock, it's that kind of stuff. Um, they look like they're appreciating it. No, they. You can definitely tell that there's a group of people that really love having this, and especially for a lot of the music that we play, it's a lot of music that they grew up with. So it's like kind of like taking them back to times where they were like, "Oh, I remember hearing this," and we try and do our best to like put our own spin on it, but also pay homage to like how it was played, if it's Queen and doing like all the little ad libs and things like that. No, brilliant. And tell me, have you traveled before internationally? So I have done like North America where I've been to Canada, I've been to Mexico and the Cayman Islands, but this is definitely my first time across seas. And I believe you joined the ship in Cape Town, dear Cape Town, everyone listening to this will know of course, but what did you think of our country, South Africa? Oh, I loved Cape Town. That was, I wish I'd been able to do more. Obviously with me just joining the ship, there was a ton to do, but I wanted to go to the top of Table Rock. I wanted to go uh, shark diving, all that type of, I was, I explored the city a little bit. Yeah, no, that's that's super. I've never heard Table Mountain called Table Rock, by the way. I'm, I, lo I love okay. it. We're going to call it Table Rock from now on. <laughs> I think that's brilliant, especially being a musician. I think that's fantastic. So you didn't get much time to actually explore the, the, the city itself, but you saw the beauty of the city. Yes, and I did go. I went to Woolworths and grabbed a couple things. I always like to grab like something that I can't find back home, so I found like fish skin chips. And I had never seen that before, and they were delicious. Fish skin chips? Yeah, it was <laughs> rainbow trout fish skins. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I've never, I don't know if uh, anyone listening would have heard of that, but that's amazing. <laughs> but that isn't that a beauty of travel? You can you can go somewhere, you find different experiences. And have you been able to get off ship so far? I know we're not far out of Cape Town. We're, we're, as we're speaking now, we're on our way between Angola to Ghana. Have you mm -hmm. been able to get off so far? Yes. So I stopped at both of the ports in Namibia. Uh, the I think I'm pronouncing this incorrectly, but the Namib uh, Desert um, is the oldest desert apparently in the world and we went quad biking in the sand dunes and I wanted to go snowboarding down the dunes as well or sandboarding but I didn't get the opportunity to do that but I did that and then the port before that I'm forgetting what it's called Luderitz Luderitz I also stopped there and went to a market and did the same thing grabbed something I'd never been able to find they're paprika flavored Pringles and I didn't know that but, yeah. I can see I can see a pattern here. You're very much a chip man, aren't you? I yes. can see this. But the isn't that the beauty? I mean, you're working, but you're also exploring, and that, and that's what makes this experience so special to me. I've got this incredible experience and privilege of being the speaker on board this ship. But mm -hmm. every time I look up, we're in a different city, a different place with a different feel. So somebody equated it to a, a, the most luxurious hotel that literally moves with you, which is amazing. So we're all used to this wonderful surroundings. We get entertained by you in the evening. And the next next time we wake up, we're in a different country. It's amazing, isn't it? It really is. It's been an experience. If you had, once again, I got this call so last minute, like a month ago, I would not have ever dreamed that this was happening no but uh, I'm sure people listening would uh, agree that this is a life-changing experience but thank you very much for your time and uh, I'm, I'm jealous you're going uh, all the way I believe I think you do you get off in Fort Lauderdale at the end of the trip so we stay on after that wow. and then I am going to end up going back to like Europe and Greenland and Ireland and yeah wow so when do you actually leave the ship what I leave July 22nd my goodness so I'm 
So it's March the 22nd today. So yep. you're going to stay on this ship until July the 22nd, mm -hmm. which is a, which is an incredible experience. It sounds a long time, but the days go so quick, don't they? The fact that it's been a week is like it's a miss to me i'm like this it's surreal there we go wonderful but I, I just thank you for entertaining us each each evening you've got an incredible band i can see how tight you are i didn't realize you had to learn so many songs <laughs> which is credit to you as well but thanks very much for your time yeah thank you pleasure Jimena, I must admit, when I first came on board, uh, you were one of the first people I saw. You've got an incredible smile. I was drawn to you. You were there standing in the shops. And when I heard that wonderful accent of yours, and you said you were from Argentina, I had to know more. When did you come on board and tell me your story? Well, um, I came to this ship in... Actually, I did my, my first contract with Holland in 2021, in December. I did eight months and then I went home and then I came back in November 2022. Wow. So I'm, I've been here since November. And you've worked with another ship company before that, yes, I believe? Yes, with Carnival. Okay. Yes. But you're not very old, so how long have you been, <laughs> how long have you been cruising? <laughs> since 2019, 2019, yeah. And tell me, what kind of life is it? It's a dream. It's a dream come true. That's what it is. It's a dream come true. Sometimes it's hard, but uh, I, I think it's a dream come true. It's everything that I've always wanted to do, everything. Since a little girl, you've wanted yes. to travel. Yes, and if you ask my mom, uh, she will tell you she always wanted to travel. She would always wanted to go abroad and travel or study. I would always tell my mom, um, Mom, when I grow older, I'm going to leave abroad, I'm going to study or I'm going to travel. That's what I'm going to do. Well, you've got the perfect personality for it. I've watched you with the customers. I've watched you make the most of every experience when we've gone into port. And we're cruising at, at the moment around West Africa. I believe Cape Town left a, a particular impression with you there. It did. <laughs> you want to know why? Uh, well. <laughs> it, it did. I, actually, it did. Um, first of all, I've, I've never thought that I would save myself uh, um, at such a young age traveling the world and what it means because it's not only traveling it's also working with different people from around the world and trying to understand how they think and respect that and still being a good person to them even though sometimes you don't share opinions or what they do or what they say and i think that's very important if you want to succeed in an environment like this and also uh cape town is beautiful it's beautiful and i used to date a guy from Cape Town well, they say, <laughs> in my previous contracts. So. They say that every sailor should have uh, someone ab uh, ashore. So right. Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad. So a good South African man, which is lovely. But yes. I know beyond that, um, customer service, of course, is everything. You work in the retail department. How mm -hmm. important is that on board? Uh, I know it's quite a, a, a big income for the ship for people to spend their money actually in the shops. Abroad. It is actually, um, particularly in this company, everything is about the guest experience. So I know we also aim for our target and to make money, but first of all comes the guest experience. So in everything that we do, and you're gonna see me in action, like like in a theater every single day, at Lido, at the coffee shop, in the shops, if I have to go to the main stage, if I come here, everything is uh, related to the guest experience and the best customer service. It's how you want to be treated maybe if you go somewhere else, and like you said, trying to make the best out of it, the best of the moment, also for the guests to feel good because this is like our home. And since it's such a long cruise, you want them to feel like at home and 
like a family when they're next to you. That that's how I feel. That's what I try to make, what I try to to do every day. Pretty well, much. you do a good job with that. But what oh, I've what has really um, impressed me aboard is the wonderful relationship the staff of all levels, whether it's the engineers, whether mm -hmm. it's the the officers, whether it's the people even cleaning the cabins. They're incredible. Their energy, their dynamic. Um, with the guests, there's almost this relationship. Now we're on a we're on a grand wo world voyage, which is quite unique. It left Fort Lauderdale almost sort of I think two months ago. We're mm -hmm. we're halfway through. It only gets back in May. I think it's 129 nights in total. Well over half of the guests aboard, say a uh, thousand or so passengers on this ship, are doing the full journey round. So you yeah. get to know the people quite well, don't you? I mean, I've noticed you know their names, you know what they like. Uh, and that's special, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, you get to know their names. You get to know their stories. Uh, I usually go for dinner with some of my guests, and we become friends. You know, we're friends at the end of the day, and you get to relax a little bit to get to know them, and they can also get to know you. You know. There's this perception that, that cruising is an elite thing. Of course, it costs a lot of money. Mm -hmm, this is mm -hmm. a Holland America is a prestigious line. Um, but I, the amount of people I've met who are down to earth, that have been hardworking people, we've got generally a mature uh, group on this on this uh, boat, which is predominantly retirees. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the way they look at their retirement years is quite refreshing. They are going to get the most out of life instead of sitting at home, often in a cold Canadian town or a North American place where they're going to have to heat the house, they're going to have those expenses. They've looked at it and think, well, why can't we get on a ship that's going to take us to some incredible places? And they get the most out of it. Their energy is quite remarkable, isn't it? It is. And what I like the most is how eager they are to learn Oh my gosh, I've seen them doing, uh, I don't know, uh, apps at 7 a.m., go to talks at 2 a.m., 11 a.m., 3 a.m., uh, I don't know, p.m., a.m., whatever you want. Um, and they always, they're always looking forward to learning and, and experiencing and they go to the tours and all of my guests, there's not a single guest that hasn't told me, I didn't go to this tour, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. Everybody, everybody is so um, active and they just love it. Like when I went to your Q&A the other day and I saw more than half of the room was full and everybody was asking questions. That means they still want to learn, you know, and it's so... I learn what I say, what I always say uh, to my friends is that I love hanging out with the guests. I love getting to know them because you absorb that energy and you absorb that lifestyle that you want to learn, you want to be better, you want to become this, you want to become that. And that's what I see in them. That's what I look up to them in that way, you know. It, it's just wonderful what they do with their lives. It's just wonderful. And like you said, I think it's such a great uh, an impressive way of living their lives instead of staying back home they travel the world and then they come and they tell you I know this about South Africa I know this about Australia you know this happened here this happened that and the amount of books that they read oh my gosh and my guest Diane and Bob Bob I think he reads two books a day every single day they come to say hi to the shops to me and he has two or three new books and I'm just like surprised because he's he's a reader. He reads all the time. And and Diane, she is 
the smartest person that I've ever met in my life. And whenever we have dinner or whenever we have lunch or anything, two hours is not enough, three hours is not enough because we always have something to catch up with. So it's like being on a on a on a ship with the coolest grandparents you could ever imagine. I mean, I've seen some <laughs> amazing people for their age, and they just come across. They've got this energy, as I said. I think the fact that they're here shows they've been successful in their life mm-hmm. to be able to afford this experience. Yes. But it's not some kind of elite uh, atmosphere here. What I find is everybody mixes in. They want to get the most out of it. I mean, it's hard for me to keep up with them. I and mean, when I, I go to the gym, <laughs> I give my talks, and they're still there. They want to know more. As I said, I, I remember getting on the stage the very first day, and I actually got them all to applaud the, ourselves in the room because we're on a world tour I said and this Mm -hmm. is incredible I mean I'm getting off before the end of it but I just want more of this experience because for me I I kind of find found my tribe on this on this experience including the staff I think you're you're incredible in terms of your philosophy clearly Holland America are very good at selecting the right people but we uh, we visited the staff bar, which of course for me was uh, quite an experience. I said to you, where do the where do the crew go to relax? And uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm known as service staff on here because I'm the speaker. I'm kind of I've got a foot in both camps. You're a in the middle. I'm in the middle. Yes. And we walked into that room, and the energy was incredible. There was a guy controlling the music from I think he was from Johannesburg. There, I looked around, and there were uh, honestly there must have been 30 or 40 different nationalities in that room. And but the energy, the dynamic was unique and you've all got the same background of course you've all come away from home mm-hmm. you're all missing family but you're experiencing this together are there times when it's a bit of a challenge for you um well sometimes it is a bit of a challenge um but uh i think for me how i take it i just wake up and i'm just grateful and i know it sounds very cliche i know i know everybody's going to punish me for that but for me it works like that and my mom has always told me to be grateful and enjoy everything and sometimes I worried about this about that and she's like can you control it and I say no okay so enjoy she's like you're on a world tour and sometimes you don't see it because this is your daily life you know this is your daily life you're on the sport you're at sea you're at the Indian Ocean you're at the Atlantic Ocean you're in South Africa then you're in Australia and and you just sometimes it happens I don't want to do it but sometimes it happens and you take it for granted so it goes beyond that it goes way much beyond that but um, yeah th- there's times in which you just don't want to get out of bed because you're tired or because you're missing your mom because you're missing your family your friends back home everything but then you remember why you are doing this so it's like a combination of I want to make a, a difference money wise and I also want to travel the world and I'm from Argentina, so becoming coming from South America, if I had to do something like this, I could never do it, not even in a second life, because it's very expensive to travel like this. That's why my mom always says that I'm blessed, which I think I am. So that's why I try to make the most out of it. Every day, every, with every opportunity, with every guest, with everything that, that I have in front of me. No, you're one of those people who've got a wonderful energy. And uh, I just want to just finish up by saying that day when you walk in the door at home in Cordoba in Argentina, how are you going to summarize this to your family and your friends, this experience you've had? Oh my gosh, that's a very difficult question. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, you know, sometimes I think 
and, and I see myself coming back home and hugging my mom and for sure I'm gonna cry because I cry a lot about everything I'm very emotional and um, I would say it's the best experience of my life so far not only not only this contract not only this world voyage but working for this company um, it just makes you feel so appreciated it makes you feel so good about the job and, and how you do it and yeah I think it's it's the greatest experience that you can have uh, as a human being you know because I remember how I used to be when I was back home and I didn't know anything about Africa. I didn't know Tonga in French Polynesia. I didn't know this and this happened in Australia. I didn't know how people live in Tonga, how the culture is, what women do, what women cannot do. And then you go home with, with a wider understanding of why people behave like this, why the cultures are like that. I didn't know many things about Britain. I didn't know many things about K-Town and how it's related to this, to that. And um, I think you become a, a better human being, uh, smarter human being, kinder, because you're more patient, you're tolerant. So it's the best type of experience that you can have. And I'm, I'm just so grateful, so happy to get the chance to do this type of journey, this type of uh, tour, because not everybody works on a world tour. That's what I was told many times. So that means that the company, all the companies that, uh, that work for Holland America select very well all the crew members that, that are gonna work here. So it's like, I have a big duty, you know? Even though I'm in the shops and I can sell fragrances or cosmetics or whatever, it's still a big duty. It's, it's still something very big, very big. Um, like I said, it's your daily life. And then when you go home, you look back and you look at your journal and you look at all the postcards and the magnets and you're like, oh, I've been there. I was there, you know? And you're only 27 years old. You're not even like, like our guest, 60, 70, 80. So that's, wow. that, that's, that's just unbelievable. Yeah. I think you were born to do this and it's been a pleasure oh. getting to know you and uh, I look forward to the rest of the cruise with you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Devon, what a pleasure to chat with you and thank you for spending your precious time with me because as a dancer entertainer on board this wonderful ship I know you uh, have very little downtime because you spend a lot of rehearsal, uh, time on rehearsals between shows, don't you? Yes, we have 15 shows on board so that means every day, um, well, six days out of the week we have to um, be rehearsing or doing a show. Um, so, yeah, and we're putting up 15 shows in an 18 week period so we'll repeat three and then the rest of the time is learning and putting up something new it's a lot so when the guests <laughs> see you walking around enjoying yourself actually that's pretty limited time because it is right. an intense period on this ship isn't it for the entertainers yes yes what they don't see is because um, you know the background um, where we're either in the gym or we're on like top deck deck 11 outside sometimes before we were um on the tennis court basketball court area um if we can't get space 
we'll go to the crew bar. This is for the, your rehearsals we're talking. Yes. So space is something we don't think about oh, on the cruise ship. It is precious. We've got over a thousand people on here and to find space even for this interview, a quiet little nook and cranny was quite a challenge. Right. So to find space to rehearse your shows, my goodness. Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. And so um, when we get the chance to rehearse, it's usually 10.30 p.m. into like 2 a.m. Wow. Um, just because we don't have... Imagine if we had more time in the theater because there wasn't so much going on on this ship. Um, we would be able to have like a couple hours here, a couple hours there, done and did, long day here, and then we wouldn't be spending so much time rehearsing in little pockets and moments um, because we would have more time utilizing the space we actually work in, the, if that makes talking, sense. Of course, talking <laughs> about the theater has been a privilege for me to be able to do my talks on the on the world stage theater, as we call it, and to actually see behind the scenes. I've had a peek into your dressing room. I feel like uh, when I'm going out on the stage, I'm doing this kind of major performance. And so it's been, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an exceptional facility to have, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's nice having a theater. Um, yeah, yeah, I enjoy it because it's, it is uh, almost like a space away from everything else. Yeah. It's its own entity. Once I'm up there, it is involved, but it isn't involved, if that makes any sense. And tell me about yourself. So are you an experienced um, performer on cruise ships? Yeah, I've been dancing for, um, on cruise ships specifically, I've been dancing for five years now, 2018. Yeah. Um, I used to work for Royal Caribbean. I've done four contracts with them and then uh, came here to Holland America, different situation. So uh, yeah, I enjoy it. I'm pretty seasoned in the ship life. And what are the advantages of ship life? I mean, you're obviously seeing incredible places and stuff like that, but you, is there a sense of you don't have much downtime? Um, advantages, it's nice because we are, um, we're saving our money because we don't pay to live here or any of our food. So my only expense right now is my phone bill. Um, and so it just gives me this like uh, this whole disposable income situation. Um, so that's been nice. And disadvantages, you're away from people. Uh, and it will say on a normal ship contract and you only have two or three shows, it gets a little... Uh, uh, it tends to plateau because you're constantly doing the same things and so not everything gets stale. Whereas on this contract, we're because of the 15 shows, we have um, a lot to just do, I guess. So that has been nice. Normal ship contracts, this is not a normal contract. It would be very um, stale. That would be a disadvantage. Uh, but yeah. And are you, yeah. tell me about this, this particular journey, are you going around the world as it were? Did you start at yeah. the start and you're going all the way? So our cast is specifically designed for the world cruise. So our job was to rehearse in New York for five weeks and then come to the ship and open up all of these shows because the guests don't want to see the same show over and over and over and over. Uh, so we signed on January 3rd. And we've been here ever since, and we leave May 12th, and so we'll do a whole trip around the world, and then go home. Wow. Have you ever done it before? Is this your first No, trip? this is my first world cruise. Uh, my first contract was week-long cruises, um, so Sunday to Saturday, and then uh, second contract, three four-day cruises, so that means uh, three days and then four days, filling up the whole week, and then just doing that for nine months. Oof. Terrible time. <laughs> um, and then my last 
two contracts I think were a week long in the Caribbean okay. and yeah so this is my first world cruise so tell me about a little bit about your background how did you get into this game I mean uh, was it always something you wanted to do uh, no so I am um, my life has been very serendipitous almost uh, in the sense that I did not know what anything was as far as like arts go other than like drawing because my grandmother is a graphic designer or was um, but uh, yeah I knew nothing about dance singing acting um, high school came around I was bored I went to my school counselor guidance counselor if you're familiar yeah um, someone who just kind of helps you with your classes and helps you move forward with life uh, think pair therapy for school there you go yeah that part um, and classes, sure. Well, homegirl put me in drama because every day I was like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I need to be famous. So she put me in theater finally. And then I met a girl who danced and she was like, Devin, come to our studio. I went to her studio and then I just kind of fell in love with dance. Um, and then college comes around. I'm getting a degree in business marketing, by the way, um, on top of being in the dance team, uh, cheerleading for dancers, America. Um, and I find that there are uh, jobs on cruise ships for me to dance, so instead of um, trying to figure out land life, I was like, let's not pay to live and travel and get paid. So that's why I'm here. It's <laughs> that's very, how I found this. Very wise model as well. And you come from a place that uh, not probably a lot of people listening to this would have heard of. It's not one of the well-known states, probably the one in that series of friends that Ross takes the whole time to think of. It's Nebraska, yeah. in a place called Omaha, Nebraska. As a historian, straight away I thought, well, Omaha Beach in the Second World War. What is life like at home in Nebraska? And what's it like? being away from from family for so long as well um okay so life in omaha is boring oh my god it's the worst it's only great because your friends and family are there so like that's why it's where it's home however uh, if you've ever seen like a disney channel original movie where you have your basic like america with a suburb that's where I'm from. I'm from the suburbs of Nebraska. I am not where the farming is. I don't see that. Um, I'm in a cute little city, 20 minutes each way. Um, yeah, everybody's super kind there. Um, you could literally have a genuine conversation with some random stranger just because we're all like that. The other day when I was back home, I'm in December actually, I was going through a McDonald's drive through and me and this girl at the window, she's just taking my money. We just had a whole on conversation about like life, what she's doing. She's going to college, she's doing like, it's, that is the energy that we bring in the middle of the United States. So. You have just described <laughs> Port Elizabeth, known as the friendly city. It's a 20 minute city. People are real, people are friendly. There are more glamorous places, of course. I used to live in Cape Town, but Port Elizabeth right. for me has that soul. Like you're saying, it's the people that make some something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Very, um, it's very genuine. I don't think I've ever been to a place um, more genuine than the center. Outside of that, it's whatever it is. Whatever so they're known as the flyover state, isn't it? It's one of those, yes, isn't it? one of those. Uh, one of the flyover states and in the center of Tornado Alley. Amazing. Yeah. No. It's a cute time. No, it is brilliant. But thank you for your time and uh, I look forward to seeing more of your shows because I've really loved Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Love your energy and uh, and uh, I can see you're part of the life on this ship. So thank you for your you time. You know, we're hanging out. It's a shame you weren't here from the get-go because we had we have so many shows so we're getting to like the 
the end of it, which is nice. A nice little break. A few harder shows, and then we're done. Okay. So, well, all but the yeah, best, and enjoy the rest of the trip. Thank I hope you. you enjoy yours. Thank you. John and Laura, it's been a pleasure to meet you um, on board this wonderful experience, and uh, I know we're on our way now up the west coast of Africa, but uh, I think South Africa had a, a particular appeal for you, uh, and somewhere called Port Elizabeth, I believe, you uh, yeah, you yeah. got under the skin of our special tank. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we looked for things that we're interested in, and uh, we, we like some of the sightseeing, and we like the fort and uh, the pyramid and the, the lighthouse. The mosaics were amazing. Yeah. But John did amazing research on craft breweries yeah. in Port Elizabeth. Very happy to see that they're uh, exploring that and they're doing a great job with it. Well, this is amazing because when we discussed this, I, I was I was assuming you'd have got on one of the tour buses and maybe gone out to one of our wonderful game reserves, but you actually were independent travellers. You got off of the ship and you went and followed your noses in our town. Yeah, noses we, and and palate. <laughs> yeah, but we but we do like the animals and and we um, but but we don't really like the bus tours so much. We like to kind of be on a small tour and we kind of like to. Um, book that ourselves rather than going with the what the ship offers or you know. and the beauty of that is interacting more with locals kind of unscripted unpackaged encounters and that's yeah. really what we had we had two lovely encounters at uh, Bridge Street Brewing and Richmond Hill Brewing yeah. and we had fabulous food an amazing gin tasting in fact, I told the the bartending staff here on board that they need to step up their game because Port Elizabeth did the most amazing gin tasting I've ever had in my life with little cards and unique um, uh, uh, garnishes yeah. and wonderful tastes. And as a result, we, we bought three bottles. Yes. So yes. Yeah. But the lovely thing is, and what's music to my ears, is the fact that you did find it the friendly city. We're known as that. And uh, mm. you said the reception yeah. you got and the service you got was, mm. was up there with the best. Yeah we, yeah. we find that a lot of places we go, when you get to people-to-people -people contact, the, the people are so nice and very helpful and, uh, and interesting. So. And inter interesting and interested yeah. in who's coming and what is it they want to experience. Yeah. That's great to know. And tell me, is it, is it your first time cruising? It is our first world, round the world, grand voyage. Yeah. Um, this is between the two of us. I think it's our sixth cruise of varying durations. But mostly smaller cruises. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I previously had done um, Holland Americas around South Africa and Antarctica eight oh, years South ago. South Sorry, South America. Yeah. And um, without John, <laughs> with a friend. Um, and that was a really great experience. And John was like, we got to do around the world. And so um, this is kind of, you know, bucket list planning hmm. for two years. We beat back COVID to make it still yeah. happen. But, but what we wanted to get out of it is what places do we want to go back and explore more? Because we don't like to do one day here, one day there. Hmm. We like to go somewhere and, and learn about that place. So and really experience yeah. it, maybe spend more time there. So we're looking at this journey um, as a way to do that in the future. And yeah, South Africa was fabulous. Um, Port Elizabeth was wonderful. We had two great days in Cape Town. Mm -hmm. 
And so we had previously, four years ago, did three weeks on safari. So we weren't looking to do any of the HAL overland multi-night um, excursions, but more wanting to stay in the port cities. Okay, but this was your first African experience, was it, apart, apart from the safari, going right, into these right. port cities? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I had come here on a merchant ship. I used to work on merchant ships. Okay. So I had been to Durban and, you know, uh, some of the Dar East Islam. Africa. Yeah, yeah and, and, and Cape Town. Um, and Abidjan. Uh, uh, no. Yeah, but 30 uh, years ago, 40 yeah. years ago, yeah. 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. So we're actually on our way up now. We're going to be arriving in Takaradi, Ghana tomorrow, and then we've got our Abidjan. Yeah. Um, as I often say to the people on board, this is, I'm uh, I'm as much a tourist as you guys mm. because I I would never dream to go to these places normally mm. because it's such an expensive um, way of traveling in, in, in Africa. But mm -hmm. what we're doing now is just remarkable. It's my first time experiencing this cruise life, but which is wonderful. But it's the ease at which you kind of yeah. leave one country to go into another. It's just mm -hmm. quite magical, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it it. it it, it's a good sampling, and that's really what we wanted to get out of it. And then we'll come back later and spend more time. Like you know, the, uh, reading your book on uh, in Maddie's Fontaine is yeah. just like a place I have to see. <laughs> uh, so. But but then you know the the Eastern Cape is uh, you know in based on your talk today, there's a lot of other good places to see. So mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, we we the Eastern Cape it is the um, the very much the undiscovered province for many people. I mean. Cape Cape Town, everybody talks about Cape Town. I think yeah. most people on the ship would return to Cape Town. But the fact that you actually explored my my new hometown, my mm -hmm. adopted hometown, and you found it as friendly and and what I like is the level of, of level of quality of the service you got, the welcome, mm -hmm. because we see these uh, wonderful ships coming in and out of Algoa Bay, and uh, we wonder what happens to the people, mm -hmm. and we often wonder. Does anybody get off and just do their own thing? And, and when I heard your story, I thought I'm going to have to interview <laughs> for this show because yeah. you did do that. Did you find getting around Port Elizabeth straightforward and, and, and the safety aspect? Did you feel... Well, it, it's hard in, in a lot of the ports that we don't know because, uh, you know, a lot of the um, the locals tell us, well, it's not safe here, not safe there. And, and, and I know they're trying to take care of us, but typically, you know, I mean, if you go into L.A. or to New York, there's places that we would say it's not safe. So, you know. It's it, all relative. Yeah. and it, but, uh, but I think the, the people that we interacted with were, were genuinely caring about us and it's you know what we don't like is when people kind of bother us and you know want to sell us this or that or want you know to to uh, panhandle sort yeah, of yeah. Um, but but that's not you know it's kind of like the the squeaky wheel you know those are the people that get the notoriety but you know that's not what it's what it's like really and how we got around was the sh the ship <coughs> did have a shuttle so we took the shuttle to the, um, the Duncan preserve and that was our gateway and then from there we were advised by a local in the tourism office that oh you want to go to these breweries take an uber we said okay that's good advice got the app it was very easy to arrange very inexpensive lovely person came and took us to the first brewery in richmond hill and then from there we walked the two blocks to Bridge Street and that was fine. And then from there we had another Uber bring us back to the shuttle pickup. 
So we did a, a variety of transports to move around, um, never feeling any issues. And so it was really a great day, mm -hmm. and I felt, uh, and it was completely unexpected that that's where you live. And so that was a really fun thing when we uh, spoke recently over dinner. It was like, wow, we had a great day in Port Elizabeth. You live in Port Elizabeth. This yeah. is great. Yeah. You know, so, it, and, it really and again, it, it, it is that little treasure aside from the big marquee names like Cape Town. So that's the thing we yeah. love about travel is discovering those those little hidden gems that get overlooked yeah. in the spotlight of other things. Yeah, and, and you know those up-and-coming two breweries, and I know there's a third one, but oddly they were not open on a weekend. But um, <laughs> yeah, but that's right. Take, take note, please. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Your, your listeners might want to hear hear what we think about that, but um, yeah, they were. Um, the, the, the staff, they were all very young and they haven't been open for that long and you know we asked a couple people how long have you been here? Well this is my first year you know I don't know if it's their first day or not but 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 you wouldn't know that they weren't there for years. They were like really skilled and quick and friendly, yeah. loved what we had to say. They seemed genuinely happy to hear how much we enjoyed the experience and at um, Bridge Bridge Street, there was a, a young woman playing guitar because it was a Sunday afternoon, and I was so taken by the atmosphere created, yeah. hanging plants and greenery and flowers and little alcoves to yeah. sit in. in, a, in an it old was really lovely. Site. I mean, it was a great setting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you're tr seasoned travelers, as you said, John. You've mm -hmm. uh, you've been away a lot of your life in terms of working, but the perception of South Africa and the reality. How do you think we could change that for foreign travellers? Because it does get a bad press in the in the international media. Um, is there is there any way we can we can change that apart from word of mouth? I mean, you had a great experience. So. Yeah, I, social media. You know, you know, highlighting food, the, the drink. Think about things. Um, history. It's you know, it's hard to overcome, and and every country has their own history, and and you know, we we know that in our country, and uh, you know, Britain has their own history, but um, you know, South Africa is uh, a new South Africa. It's not the South Africa of old. So yeah, it's it's up and coming, and there's a lot of eyes on, you know. The traveling there and uh, and what's it going to be like and so yeah the more information you can get out uh, mm. from things like this but um, we, we definitely will go back and I think and, and this is why we chose this particular world voyage how uh, how in America alternates between an Asian centric uh, itinerary and an African centric mm -hmm. and. I'm so thankful that John and I are in complete agreement of the things we like to do and experience because we looked at the African ones that that's the one we want to do. Yeah. South Pacific, Africa, countries I may never ever go to otherwise. And so um, I know next year they're doing the Asian-centric one. And <laughs> we have no interest whatsoever. So, um, yeah. hooray. And Middle East, and, you know, yeah. so... Suez yeah. Canal, and, you know, it's a, it's so... A, it's a different experience, but what a wonderful experience. Yeah. And uh, meeting people like you, it's just been inspiring. I'd, I, I can't wait for my next speaking job and to get back on because 
this has been a real eye-opener for me but uh, for us to share a dinner the other evening and for you to talk <laughs> so highly about my town it had to it had to be recorded because I, even people in Port Elizabeth I don't think we realize um, what we've got going for us that yeah. Eastern Cape welcome and uh, it's lovely when out out of towners uh, yeah. especially people that arrive for, you know on a, on an ocean liner um, <laughs> we're, we're a seaside town yeah. so that's where traditionally a lot of our a lot of our visitors have come in and they experience that so thank you so much for yeah. well we're happy to sing the praises of Port Elizabeth we and we have been there. and we've yeah. been so educated by your lectures that it, that has also inspired us to learn even more and experience more and I'm conservation is one of my big passions so yeah. your talk today Mine really well. inspired us to kind of look at yeah. Can we volunteer yeah. in that <laughs> arena? We, we'll Do not mention yeah. it because we'll have you there, don't worry. But thank you so much for your time and okay. enjoy the rest of this journey. Thank right. you. Thank, thank, you thank you, Dean. Well, Naomi, what a pleasure. I was absolutely delighted when I saw you take the stage the other day because, uh, as we mentioned, I saw you actually perform in Port Elizabeth at a recent function, which is incredible. So when this lady came onto the stage with the glowing violin and... Uh, and the energy that you performed, I just felt, ah, oh, this is incredible. So I couldn't wait for us to speak. So as a fellow South African to another South African, um, what's it like to be on the Zyder Dam? And what's it like to be on a cruise ship performing? Because I believe it's your first time as well. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's, it's, it's great fun, actually. It's um, a lot of people. Um, but it's a good environment to be in a lot of people that appreciate the music they are here to listen to all different kinds of music um, which which is really nice to see because you know live music back home especially in South Africa is kind of a dying scene um, so to have so many people appreciating you know in every little bar here there's another band playing jazz band it's classical it's pop there's rock band so it's awesome um, and then you know, to be giving a show on the stage and, you know, have a full audience is it's pretty awesome. Well, your first show was quite incredible. I felt it was just for me because you started off with Johnny Clegg. Yeah. And I looked at the audience and I thought, I wonder if this American audience would have heard of Johnny Clegg. And yeah. it was just brilliant. And, and they got it, didn't they? Yeah. That was the thing. Yeah. And then you did this incredible thing by actually explaining the songs yeah. in between, yeah. um, which was fantastic. And you've had some great feedback, I understand, because of these songs. Yeah. So I was a little nervous going in with uh, starting with the African show because, well, like as you say, I wasn't sure people would get it. The, you know, the music is obviously all of us South Africans know Maria Makeba and Johnny Clegg and Brenda Fussy, but you know, further abroad they don't. And so I didn't know how it was going to be received. And the feedback I got was just. It was so good to hear and you know people loved the explanations and we gave them context and I took them on a little tour around Africa so we went to Kenya and Tanzania, then we went up to Senegal and you know all over just give them a different different kinds of music of, of the continent. So. And you're going to perform again I believe a set based upon the movies? Yeah so that's something I particularly love is um, music of the movies so that's um, my second show will be based on that. Yeah. Okay, now I'm looking forward to that. Brilliant. But what's it what's it been like um, performing on a ship and uh, and the audience as well? How did you get to know about this? I mean, I believe we share the same uh, guy that booked us. Yes. Yep. 
Um, so yeah, shout out to Dave from About Entertainment. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think it's about um, being able to uh, have a show and, and get on a stage and um, you know have something to present to an audience. Um, tell you what. Right, we're back again with Naomi. We found a, a quieter corner because uh, the thing on this ship, Naomi, it's, it's, it's quite hard to find uh, space, isn't it? It's Especially very when, hard. <laughs> when you're well known like yourself. I mean, they see you perform and then yeah. it's lovely, but you're sort of public property yeah. on the on the yeah. vessel, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, you, yeah you, you can't go anywhere without anyone you know, spying you and coming up to you and, yeah, having a chat, which is nice, that's great, but if you want to kind of escape it all, the only place you can really go is either right up at the top and get blown away by the wind or sort of down to your room, yeah. But have you ever have you ever been on a ship um, with family or on holiday before? Is this the first time yeah. on an actual cruise ship? I've been on a cruise ship years ago um, as a guest performer as well, but that was, I think it was about 10 years ago yeah and I was up in the Norwegian fjords okay. in Scandinavia so that was lovely um, but a much smaller ship yeah much smaller crowd and um, a lot more choppy so I remember performing in my heels and <laughs> losing my balance a few times at least the ship's a lot bigger so it's you know you're kind of more stable yeah just to explain yeah. to everybody it's quite strange so i was advised to take a cabin that was lower down because of the uh, because of the sort of stability right. but people at the top say they can't really feel it and to be quite honest yeah. it, it, it's incredible i yeah. mean we haven't had choppy seas but no. we're currently between somewhere between angola and ghana doing this interview which is quite amazing yeah. i get up in the morning i open yeah. open up the uh, the blinds to what I would call a porthole but I was corrected because apparently a porthole's round and I've got a square window <laughs> so you've got to get the terminology right yeah. and then you look at that ocean just yeah. rushing past it's the most incredible feeling isn't it's it? It's amazing it's amazing and I don't know about you but I sleep really well <laughs> it's so nice you know it's like that kind of in a car but not in a car you're in a nice comfy bed <laughs> yeah it's that rocking motion. Let's just go back to a little bit because people listening I'm sure will be interested in your journey I'm sure a lot of people would have, have heard of you and your work where did it all start and why why particularly the violin why did that become your special instrument do you know i always wanted to be a violinist but i knew that classical music wasn't my calling as i you know studied it and i grew up with it but um i was a bit rebellious and um you know i just wanted to back trends without really knowing why um but i just felt that strongly studied a little bit of jazz and then from there it just kind of organically moved into I picked up an electric violin and um, this was kind of pre-YouTube days so we didn't have the luxury of you know being able to see anybody else doing it or whatever and so you know trying to just forge my own way of figuring out what kind of styles of music I liked and um, yeah kind of plundering through I spent a couple of years in uh, the UK living there and just you know experimenting and um, really just trying to find my sound and um, it was a great learning curve for me really good because you're not uh, so confined to genre there it's you know it, it's a country that's a lot more steeped in classical music and in music in general you know much older um, culture so there y you have the ability to be more expressive and free and kind of explore your instrument a little more whereas you know, uh, you know, rewind, I don't know, 20 years ago in South Africa, 
people didn't really understand the concept of an electric violin and they couldn't get past if you play the violin you have to be classical you know you couldn't get you know whereas nowadays anybody can play you know a pop piece on the violin and no one thinks twice about it um, but yeah 20 years ago it wasn't it wasn't really a thing yet so yeah we've come a long way and it's exciting um, you know it would have been easier to you know, just have YouTube and be able to see what everyone else in the world is doing. But I, yeah, it was a good it was a good process for me. And the audience here predominantly American, and you yeah. found they've been very knowledgeable. I mean, yeah. we just we've just had a conversation with a delightful 88 year old yeah. lady who's traveling on a 13th world world uh, tour, yeah. and her comment to you was about the one of the violins that yeah. she preferred over yeah. the other. She yeah. clearly has an ear for the music, and she amazing. appreciates it. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, one thing I've learned is never underestimate people because um, you know they they're a lot more discerning than you think and yeah it's 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 been a wonderful experience for me because I you know I came on a little apprehensive about giving a show of African music and to people that are not from here and yet they loved it and you know went above all my expectations of what the show was going to be about um, and yeah just really well received so yeah I I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow's show because that will be music of the movies and you know it's 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 safer ground um, you know it's something that everybody loves and it's close to my heart as well but um, I think we, we started off on a good footing no definitely I mean I uh, as I said it was just a privilege to hear those songs that I was so used to being in Africa but how people responded to it and I thought wow what a yeah. you were you were quite brave to do so but it was a it was a it was a risk that that, that paid off because now yeah. I think you're on to a winner I mean you yes. proved yourself already with songs that some of them have never heard yeah yeah and that was great and they appreciated that they really appreciated learning about the different um, different songs and, and hearing the context and yeah we had a bit of fun and yeah it was it was a good fun show bit of dancing bit of uh, Brenda Fassi uh, Johnny Clegg and yeah a bit of a soundtrack to um, South Africa and and my childhood and one of the incredible things about what you explained to me you didn't even know the backing uh, band oh, yes I mean how, how did that come about you literally turned up and yeah. you were introduced to each other yes I was quite stressful I'm not gonna lie um, so I was asked if I could incorporate the resident band on the ship for approximately half the show numbers um, and so that's a what were they a four-piece mm. band um, so yeah I had to do a whole lot of arrangements that included the band as well um, so that was sort of uncharted territory for me but great exercise to do because obviously it's so amazing having live musicians on stage with you and you know freely at your disposal just a little nerve-wracking only getting a rehearsal in a few hours before the show and <laughs> meeting them and just literally running all the songs once um, but yeah it, it you know I've had lots of experience playing with bands so that helped so it wasn't you know completely thrown in the deep end there well I'm always I just admire um, musicians who can just I mean that just shows your talent um, and I know being up on that stage it's quite an intimidating place to be you, you, you see them they're on two tiers three tiers actually yeah. and uh, and they're looking down and you can see the faces but uh, for you I think I think you carried it off I just want to finish by saying a lot of people listening to this this will be uh, 
obviously going out on Algoa FM, and but we're a, we're a national radio station, as you know. Um, probably be going out around June, July. What um, plans have you got for the rest of the year? Where can people um, see you and um, follow you and that kind of thing? Because I've watched you live in Port Elizabeth, and I know you lit up that event. And uh, oh, that was a great event. Um, yeah. So you know, things come in. Um, I don't know my diary here, but I know. I know there's a trip to Dubai later on in the year um, for some shows there, which is going to be super exciting. Um, we went over for New Year's. I took my band, and um, yeah, it was just a great experience. And yeah, what a place to perform in! It was really, it was magical. Um, but the best place to probably keep up to date with everything is just you know social media. Um, Your website. Yeah, my website yeah. NaomiTag.com. Yeah. Um, yeah, my handles are all just Naomi Tag Music. Perfect. perfect. So it's easy. Now I'm sure we'll get, get some. Uh, we'll get some people who are interested in that. But uh, yeah. we'll be both both be back on the ship. I think. At I some hope point. so. Is it great? Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Good. Yeah, it's it's wonderful to see all these ships coming by South Africa now because. Yeah. Well, well, having lived in Port Elizabeth now for a year, I was yeah. so frustrated. I got so much FOMO seeing these these wonderful cruise liners come in and out. And to get on that one that day, I was so excited. It was <laughs> incredible. Cool. And I drove my little car up to the gangplank. I took my bags on, and where else could you do that MP, which was fantastic. Yeah. So when I when I heard you speak, and I knew it was another South African, and you got on in Cape Town, of course, yeah. even though we're sitting here in the West African Ocean or the yeah. Atlantic Ocean off of West Africa, it still feels like we're quite close to home, doesn't it? It does, yeah, it does, yeah, definitely, definitely, just a short, short light away. Of yeah. course, but anyway, thanks for your time, yeah, and good luck for your next you. show. Thank thanks. You. Well, Rizal, what an absolute pleasure it has been to meet you on this cruise. You are, if I may say, 93 years young, and you are still going strong. We're all trying to keep up with you, and I believe this isn't your first rodeo. You've been on a cruise before like this. Yes. This is my 13th world cruise. I was fortunate to do four world cruises with my husband. Uh, he was 76 years old when we went on our very first cruise. So we um, took up cruising late in life. And then after he died, it was so lonely that I decided to try cruising without him. and. So to cruise about a quarter to half a year and stay home the other works for me. Absolutely fantastic. And I believe you're a California girl originally, but yes. you now live in Arizona. That is correct. I, I was born in Southern California in a town called San Gabriel, which is east of Los Angeles. And then after we lived in San Gabriel for a while, we moved to Laguna Beach. And so I grew up as a California beach girl. Amazing. And what did you do? What was your career? I was a teacher. Uh, my degree was in biology and I did not work after we were married. I was married the same day I graduated from university and uh, I stayed home till our youngest began first grade. So I was a stay-at-home mom. Then when he began first grade, California needed teachers desperately. And the state had heard about me through one of the principals and came to me and said, we will send you uh, to get your teaching credential if you will teach for us. So I did. And uh, I, that wasn't what I was thinking of doing at all. 
but uh, then I taught for 25 years and I taught everything from first to six of the academically talented in a poverty area east of Los Angeles. Absolutely inspirational. I would love you as my teacher. And your husband, what did he do? My husband was a Lutheran minister and his father was a Lutheran minister. His father died when he was only six years old and the mother uh, did a wonderful job of raising five children in a very small town in Illinois. The whole town kind of is a type of town that helped people. And uh, then he became a pilot in World War II. Then he went to college and uh, uh, he was what I call academic, not athletic. And uh, then when he was in his late 40s and early 50s, he thought it'd be fun to go to law school. So then he went to law school and then uh, no longer was a parish pastor, but worked for what was called in California Lutheran Homes for the Aged, and he was their legal counsel and director of development. Amazing. And that was his work. Amazing. So a full, rich life. But in your retirement, both of you, you decided to hit the ocean wave and cruise the world. Well, <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> uh, what we decided is we wanted to get our 50th state. We had been in 49 states. We had not been to Alaska. And in the newspaper in our town in Sun City West, Arizona, there was an article saying that the Performing Arts Association was sponsoring with Holland America a trip to Alaska, a cruise to Alaska, and Holland America would contribute some money to the Performing Arts Association. So we thought, well, this way we can do a double thing. We can help the Performing Arts Association and we can go to Alaska. So that's why we decided to take a cruise. Amazing. And in my talk today, we talked about Alaska being bought from the Russians back in 1869. Yeah. So isn't that wonderful timing? Yeah. It, was, it was meant to be. But what do, you, what do you get most out of cruising? What for you makes it so appealing for you? The people I meet. The people I meet are what it's all about. Uh, and then I go to um, all the uh, presentations, all the lectures. Uh, I enjoy that. Uh, like this morning I went to a 9 a.m. one and then I went to a 10 a.m. one and then I went to yours at 11. And they're all very different. Uh, some not as uh, good as others, but that's okay, that's life. Amazing. What I see is the people on board are here to get as much out of the experience as possible, especially when it comes to the shore visits. They get up early, they get ready to get off, and often they do independent tours where they've researched themselves. For you, I want to ask you on this current world cruise, what has been the highlight? Which port and which country? Uh, I would say no port and no country on this trip. Uh, I have done very little off the ship. And uh, I realized I'm coming to the end of my cruising, that um, I don't feel as comfortable. Uh, now, before this world cruise started, um, there was a holiday cruise. And I brought my family, so six of my family were on with me for the holiday cruise. 
I realized that I still enjoy cruising if they're on with me. I, I'm not ready any longer to be by myself off the ship. Okay, no, that's understandable, but as I say, 93 years and you're still still so active. I wanted to ask, in the past then, what has been a highlight? What has been some of your favorite countries? Okay, Angkor Wat in Cambodia was uh, a highlight for my husband and I. I think that that is intellectually the most stimulating place that we ha experienced. As far as beauty is concerned, Antarctica. So Antarctica for beauty, Anchor Wat for an, something that was so different. I had not read enough about it before I went, and um, it wasn't exactly what I thought, and it was a wonderful experience. I've had the privilege of going there. There's amazing temples and the history. But the beauty of cruising, of course, is you're in a hotel that moves around the world. So it is a lot less jarring than getting on an aircraft, for example, oh, and flying goodness. in and out, in and out all the time. And it's it's even though the idea that it is only the rich and famous can afford cruising, it's actually quite an economical way of seeing the world. Because, as I said, you go into the port, you you um, you have you're looked after, of course, uh, you're fed. You for a lot of the people on board, they come from very cold climates, so mm -hmm. they're avoiding all those horrible winter fuel fuel bills, yeah. and they spend months on this ship, this grand voyage, as they call it, by going around the world. And for me, it's a very smart way of traveling. I think it is also. But I do feel that it is what I call an appetizer. You are only tasting each country like if you were just having an appetizer instead of the full meal. Uh, if you want to uh, see any of the countries that we've been to, you need to fly in, you need to stay for a while, uh, and you know, go around and see a lot. Uh, um, you're just getting a little taste when you cruise. But if you do it over and over and over again, then you have many little tastes and then uh, it becomes a little more stimulating. That's exactly what I, I found with people visiting South Africa for the first time, especially Cape Town, which is a highlight on any trip. Mm -hmm. And I believe I can remember... Oh, I love Cape Town. We walked ashore together, do you remember? And it yes. was wonderful. And uh, it's a very special uh, part of a special country. And I've lost count of the number of people who have said to me, we must return to South Africa and spend more time there. So if it does that, it's very good for the tourism of those particular countries, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. Uh, and what did you what did you like about Cape Town? Uh, let's see now. What <laughs> um, I think that uh, one thing I've been there about uh, five or six times now. So. The first uh, few times I took some short excursions and, and I went and did your typical uh, tourist things. But then the last couple of times um, the shuttle bus takes you to a mall there at the, um, what do you call it? Uh, the waterfront. The waterfront, yes. yes. And I feel very comfortable walking around there whether I'm by myself or with somebody. And the um, watershed building there, I could spend hours in there each time I come. And uh, uh, that's a lovely place. Then to sit in one of the restaurants, watch the people, 
and see the, the water and just enjoy myself in a relaxed way. Yeah, it's a very special place and it's it's one of the most impressive ports that you arrive in because everything is there and I think that's something that Cape Town has perhaps on, on places like Durban and Port Elizabeth mm. where you have to have a little bit of a transfer but no it's, it was with great pride that I heard of everybody's positive experience about their visits to the South Africa ports. Now the very first time that my husband and I sailed in uh, and we were told about the tablecloth on Table Mountain uh, we sailed in and the tablecloth covered it so it was all covered and then as the day went on then it cleared and so we saw it from covering then uh, to being uncovered and uh, I don't think that any time I've been there was it so dramatic it's that first time so uh, no it's like uh, nothing else in the world it's a, a very very special scene especially to arrive by ship into that table bay mm -hmm. and to see the whole mountain come up well all I can say it's been an absolute pleasure to be your neighbor we live across the corridor don't we and uh, I just love your energy I love bumping into you and I I just hope that uh, if I if I'm like you at 93 Roselle I would have had a very very good life I just want to finish by one thing we notice as we walk by your cabin you leave out these quotes yes and every week you put a new quote outside yes. can you just leave us with one of your favorite quotes I will my quote of the week a couple of weeks ago was a quote from Will Rogers and it is I tell you folks all politics is applesauce it is indeed applesauce. Thank you so much for your time, You're welcome. Well, one of the pleasures of being on board, and I love my sport and my fitness, is the incredible gym we've got on this ship. So for me to be up there training and then to, uh, to meet somebody who's from Durban was an absolute delight. Ruvi, how long have you been on board and how did you become a fitness consultant or a trainer on a cruise ship? Okay, so I've been on board for almost three weeks now, but early, but early to start off. Um, so my passion for sport stemmed from my dad playing a lot of volleyball and all these extracurricular activities outside the field and from there I took a love to sport and I built my way up and then I found my passion in personal training and incorporated with volleyball so that's how I became a fitness instructor and how did you get this job on a cruise ship okay so um, while I was in university at ETA Sports College so after we completed our first year, our second year they came in, Steiner came in to us and they did a seminar and all of my friends and colleagues they were like, who wouldn't want to see the world and work and I was like, yes guys, this would be an opportunity of a lifetime. So uh, in December, uh, one of my dad's friends sent me a link, I applied, got through the first interview, got through the second interview and then in Jan they called me for training to Cape Town. What a joy. And then you always knew you were going to be joining this grand world voyage that was going to dock into Durban. So at the time, no. I only found out in the last week of training in Cape Town. They said that you'll probably need an Australian visa because they're going to fly me to Australia. And then my Siemens book was not ready at the time. So I told them they're going to, there's going to be a delay there. So they said, no problem. Um, you don't have to apply. Your ship is coming to Durban. So it was a delight to me and my family because they could see me off in our hometown. 
And we took it from there and from there and I never looked back. It's exactly like me. I got on in Port Elizabeth. It was a delight. I drove my car right up to the gangplank, put my suitcases on, drove the car home, and then my wife and uh, baby came and waved me off, which was an absolute delight. So how long are you on for? This will be, uh, so this Friday will be three weeks exactly. Okay. And, where, and how long are you on for though? How long is the contract? Uh, my contract is nine months. So wow. I'll get off on the December twen- on December 6th. December wow. 6th. Yeah. Wow. So you won't see the family? for now quite a few months for quite a few months unless they want to meet me in Cape Town on the 25th of November <laughs> because you I believe when you finish this grand voyage then you go back and you do a grand Africa tour at some that point. is correct so on the 6th we should be back in Ghana we should be back in Tokoradi. oh that's amazing so you're going back to these ports that we're docking in now which which countries uh, that you're looking forward to seeing the most on the on the itinerary okay so I'm really looking forward to seeing Spain um, Greece, um, Amsterdam, Amsterdam would be one of them, and um, Portugal. Okay, Portugal. amazing. Have you been to any of these countries? No, I have not. I have so not. So what an amazing experience to take a ship and to sail into these port cities and then see these countries, which is quite incredible. And tell me, being a, a, a trainer, you're a fit guy, obviously volleyball is your sport. What does that job entail on the ship? What exactly you, do you do from day to day? Okay, so uh, start off early morning up set up my gym from there I proceed to the Lido area where I'll conduct my classes I'll do my morning stretch my morning stretch with the guests my abs class then from there I'll proceed back in the gym and then I'll conduct various classes like total body conditioning cycling as I go through during my day I'll do my personal training sessions with my clients and yeah then I look forward to dinner at Lido <laughs> the food is incredible isn't it the food is lovely a lot of the guests have said to me they have to come to the gym to pay off the fact that they're eating so many calories in the day which is exactly but, uh, and how have you found the people they're generally quite you know old on the, the elderly population but they're incredibly active aren't they they are very active that's one thing and another thing they're different cultures they are really really good people on the ship and I enjoy spending time with them I really do now it's been an amazing experience well thank you so much for this I I know that some of your family are going to be listening to this podcast we're going to be sharing it with them in Durban so they can hear that you're still well and enjoying enjoying life and I'm we'll keep in touch and uh, yes I look forward to seeing you when you get back to Africa yes definitely thank you Dean pleasure thank you so much that was Frontierland with Dr. Dean Allen for more podcasts visit algoafm.co.za